Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, 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 cats tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, his buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison, beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. October 18th, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Justin Kalen, and our special guest today, Big Blue Drew, Drew Brown. Big Blue Drew, how are you, buddy? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Um, I'll let you pick up that first roll call, JK, but I got him from here on out, buddy. I got you. I'll I'll gladly let let you take the reins on that. No problem. Justin was mostly mad that Big Blue Drew, you weren't joining us in studio this morning uh, because he wanted some breakfast. Yeah. Oh, it, it's happening soon enough. Soon <laughs> enough. I, I was interested. I'm glad you brought that up, TJ. I'm curious as to your morning routine when you stay home to do radio. Do you just like roll out of bed six fifty, do radio? Or do you get up, shower, get dressed, and ready for seven? Uh, there you go, Scoots. Way to go, buddy. Uh, this is Kentucky Roll Call. We go seven and nine Monday through Friday. Nick Roush out. He is raising a new baby, which came yesterday. Big shout out to him. Little Francis, Frank, not Martin. Uh, I what the middle <laughs> name was. Harold. Harold, Francis Harold. Yeah. Francis Harold. There's got to be Francis Martin, but then Roush was like, great. Then I'll have a kid named Duke and another one named Frank Martin. So <laughs> we'll we'll switch that to Harold. So Francis Harold Roush, which as you could probably imagine, ginormous baby, joined this crazy world yesterday. Uh, and mom, baby, doing great. Not that anybody asked, but daddy's doing all right as well. So we're very happy for the Roush family. Another boy, they did a surprise. They were going to find out when the baby... Uh, entered the world, so a, a, a big surprise. Another boy, poor Brooke, big blue Drew. You, you, you know, uh, you know. Well, I guess you don't know yet, but you can at least start to to think about a household filled with teenage teenagers later on. A lot of boys. Uh, sounds like chaos in your future and in the Roush House future. I just cannot even imagine. So I have three boys under three and a half now. So I just cannot even fathom when they're all teenagers. And I equate that. I always think in my mind, TJ and Justin, like when I'm ready, like when I want to go order some wings, when I'm like, I don't know, I'll be like approaching 50 or so. 
And I'm like, you know, if I order wings, I'm gonna have to order like 60 or 80 wings. So we're just we're just not eating wings today, guys. <laughs> That's a good way to look at it. Back to answer your question. Uh, and we'll answer if you got it. I guess Roush will probably still be in the hospital today. Maybe get to go home tomorrow. I'm not sure. I haven't touched base with them since the since the great news announcement. But to answer your question, Big Blue Drew, morning routine. It depends. I I, I was up this morning. Baby was awake, and I just you know did not not a great sleeping night. Uh, sometimes I'll have our your your Thursday nights where. We'll mostly do the show from fr- home from Friday, but I'll, I'll stay up, watch the end of the football game, um, college football, whatever it may be. And then, yeah, those, it'll be like the alarm is set for 6.40, 6.45, and then just kind of lay in bed till 6.50 and slowly make my way downstairs. But that, that wasn't this morning. Uh, I got I got to go outside, got let the dog out as well. And Scooch, my first thought was actually you when I went outside. Uh, I think it was like 35 degrees. Uh, technically, it says 36 right now, but when I went out earlier, it was, I think, a little bit colder. You can't be a happy camper in this cold. Uh, I am not. And I have to know, was it snowing on your side of the river? No, but I did see that there were flurries in southern Indiana. I, uh, I didn't see any, at least at the moment. Not flurries, my friend. It was a full-on freaking blizzard on October 18th. And I am, you're right, I'm not happy about it. Quite frankly, I'm ticked off. Justin, I don't think there was a blizzard near you unless you drove from like three hours away. No, there was a blizzard. In my definition of a blizzard, any snowflakes for me are a blizzard. But I mean, I had the I had the windshield wipers on constant white the whole whole ride here to the studio. So it was snowing hard enough where that was the case. But yeah, October, middle of October, three days after my birthday, not ideal for snow. Well, what are you gonna do about it? I mean, there's nothing I can do. We yell at Mother Nature. Ah. <laughs> And I do ag- agree with Big Blue Drew. There's no need to lie about the severity of the <laughs> snowfall. <laughs> right. I, I feel like we'd hear about a blizzard just a few miles away from us, but hey, neither here nor there. I mean, if uh, it was sticking, we'd have a couple inches. Well, how 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 many inches do you think? Uh, it looks like it's going to be hidden. It's like hidden Louisville as well right now. Some snow west part of Louisville. Uh, really looks like the 65 interstate is the divider there, but uh, that's pretty crazy. Just your mid-October snow, Big Blue Drew. There was a Halloween, I talk about it, I think, probably every year, but there was a Halloween back maybe in 2012, maybe 2000, no, it wouldn't have been 2013, but I think 2012 or 2011, where we actually got like a, a decent amount of snow. Does anybody remember that? I didn't. I didn't live here at the time, but I know one Halloween, one of my first ones, it was just back here maybe 2018 or so it was miserable like freezing rain cold no one trick-or-treated so definitely um a place in kentucky where you i think tj probably the place where you get four full seasons i can't think of anywhere else in the country besides kentucky so who knows i think it's going to be 80 again on friday so we could catch another 90 degree day before it snows again who knows and my allergies always seemingly taking the full brunt of the season changes. Same. Uh, but you're right. I actually thought, just uh, reflecting back, I actually thought the summer was relatively mild, all things considered, for a Louisville-Kentucky summer. We had like probably two to three weeks of unbearable weather, but it wasn't consecutive, which always makes it a little bit more bearable. And then the fall has been, with the exception of not getting any rain, which I've been told is pretty important, for a lot of people, uh, has been amazing from a temperature standpoint. And the spring was really nice. So I don't know what that will mean for our winter. The fact that there's getting some snow in, in October, 
uh, is a little head scratching, but yeah, all good news with on the on the weather front. Unless you don't like really really cold, in which case, not very good news. And while speaking of Halloween, last night when it saw Halloween ends, the final the finale of Ooh. of this most recent trilogy of Michael Myers in the Halloween saga, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Oh no, it was horrible. And That's my not what I was hoping for. My expectations were low for it. I thought. The first Halloween in this new trilogy was okay. I, I, I was entertained by it. The second one, Halloween Kills, I think was the name of that one. That one, not uh, not a great movie. And you, I was like, all right, this is heading in the wrong direction. Um, they do a chant in that movie. It's not a spoiler, but like it's a bunch of like high schoolers and party goers. And they do a chant of evil ends tonight, which is just not a chant that people would do at any like it's just not catchy it's just not a chant that you'd see caught on at any point and then so my expectations were really low had another buddy who was like yeah it's it's pretty bad and i was like oh man i wish you wouldn't have told me that but not that i, I not that i really care because i was hoping that it'd be good like i was hoping to be pleasantly surprised he says it's bad that's probably confirmation that's going to be bad but i still need to see it so went checked it out started out okay first 20 30 minutes was solid and then takes a nosedive south. I'm so disappointed in you, TJ. All the great movies that it comes out that you haven't seen, and you're wasting your time going to the theater at that to see Halloween ends. That's just that's just a poor usage of your valuable time. Uh, probably was. Probably was a, <laughs> a poor use of, of what, but what movie have I not seen that I should have wasted my time on? Well, it wouldn't have been in the theaters, but gosh, TJ, I keep a running total of these over the years with you. I know the one that stands out, is the other guy starring Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg, which is just a, a classic. And then I feel like the other day, um, Rookie of the Year, you missed a Henry Rowan Gardner reference and um, didn't pick it up with Rookie of the Year. So we got to start with like maybe the mid-90s and just like work our way up to mid-2000, 2010. I've seen Rookie of the Year, Chet. All right, buddy, I've seen <laughs> that one. I just didn't get the reference in that moment. Uh, but that's a, that's a good enough movie where you can rewatch that any any old time. The other guys, no, I have not seen. And if you had Trevor on the air with you right now, he'd probably be like, arr, there, there's, arr, there's 15 movies before the other guys that he needs to see. But um, all right, the other guys, maybe I'll check out. But it's Halloween time. You got to watch Halloween movies. Uh, this one was, whew, whole, holy smokes, it was a really, really bad movie. So that was disappointing, and it was also a waste of time. Fair enough. But hey, I, I always appreciate your holiday spirit too. I try to do a little more myself, get the decorations up, getting the feel going for the toddler. So you're always a Halloween inspiration, TJ. That's for sure. Well, thank you. The house is all ready. Uh, we actually had to like turn away some, some decorations. I, I'm just, I'm done with it. Uh, no, no more. The The wife's sister was like, hey, we could drop off this, that, or whatever else if you if you'd like appreciated the offer very kind but no i'm i'm done with it no more decorations no more putting anything anything up uh did either one of you fellas watch the monday night football game last night i did i did not i did check in and see that i missed all 12 of the points scored at halftime and overtime so not kicking myself too much just just checked in on it a few times in the first half yeah i didn't get to obviously see uh really the first half because i was at that movie but all I needed was Denver's kicker 
to score under 10 points. I would have won my fantasy game that nobody cares about. Uh, did not happen. He he scored plenty of points. He had a lot of points. And I was beaten in my fantasy game. However, did watch it. I was on the Broncos scoots, as I mentioned. And they covered, baby. Four and a half. Too many points. Woo! Yeah, th- it, was, it was really a sloppy game. To be quite honest with you guys, I... Went to bed with like six minutes left in overtime. I looked at my roommate. I was like, I just can't do this anymore. It's just bad football. Like, stop putting the Broncos in primetime games. Please, just stop putting the Broncos in that spot. That's all I ask. Well, everybody thought the Broncos were going to be good this season, Scoots. No, they thought wrong, and I include me in that as well. I've actually, that was, I think, maybe the first time this season that I've made money betting on Denver. They've actually cost me more money this season. Um, and I, I even thought when I bet them that I was like, listen, they've been underwhelming. They've been sort of the laughing stock of the NFL. But if they can beat the Chargers, and like we mentioned, that's not really a home field advantage for Los Angeles, then they'll be at 3-3. Three and three. And, and while do I think that they're a good team? No, but at 3-3, three and three, you still have plenty of time to figure it out. You're not too far behind the eight ball. 2-4, uh, and four, same thing really applies. They could be okay. But I, I kind of had this feeling of I think nationally people are overreact, overreacting to how badly the Broncos stink. And then Scoots, what do they go out there? They go out there and their best player is their kicker and yeah. everybody else doesn't look very good whatsoever. So they, they they are just bad. They're just not a good football team. It's not really an overreaction. Uh, what you saw or couldn't finish yesterday was the truth. They're just not. They're not that good. And it starts with Melvin Gordon. That dude is terrible. Stop handing him the football. I don't think it really starts with Melvin Gordon. Probably oh, with Martin, their overpaid quarterback that they that everybody thought was going to be able to slide right into Denver and and not miss a beat, but ended up not being the not being the case. But I don't know if it starts with the backup running back. No, he was the starter. He is the starter now that uh, Williams is out. Williams yeah, towards ACL out for the year. It's a it's a split carry thing, and what, it, did he actually start the game as the featured back in the backfield? Uh, he did, he did, but Latavius Murray took him over real quick into the game. Yeah, so it doesn't really matter if he's the starter or not. Uh, I wouldn't doubt if he ended up not getting the most carries on in the game. But uh, yeah, they they stink. They lost despite getting a ten nothing lead. However, they did cover, and at the end of the day, that's what's most important. Big Blue Drew, right. you've been betting it all this season, college football. Any, I, I, I don't think you're a regular better, if I remember correctly. I'm not, and I'm trying to kind of uh, run towards things that I don't normally do. And gambling seems like something great to get into, TJ. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to. Um, I just never know like the the easiest way to bet because I'm not I'm not driving across the bridge for the most part. So I need a way to like backdoor it on my phone, which I know is possible. Um, because yeah, sometimes I do feel like I I see a line that sparks my interest. Yeah, I, the the what you're talking about is illegal, Big Blue Drew. It, like a, a, a my bookie app or like a, a wager cat or an Uncle Bo sort of deal. Uh, those are illegal. So we unfortunately are going to have to report you. This is live radio, and if there's one thing <laughs> we don't do on the show, it's break the law. Um, what about luckily, like DraftKings though? I feel like people say they bet on like DraftKings and things. Is that only like the pick your players type deal? Yeah, I guess you, you could do daily. You can fantasy. do that in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, you can. Can you do the daily fantasy in Kentucky, like where you yeah. build a team? But for so you money? can. Yeah, you can. Can't you? Fun fact: you can actually in Indiana. We can do it as well. But when you're in Kentucky, 
you all can do it on college sports. So you can fill out college football and basketball lineups, whereas in Indiana, we can't do that. Man, just the dumbest of the dumbest laws and rules. Yeah. Well, I think it's because the NCAA is an Indy. I think that has something to do with it. Who cares? I mean, still just dumb. If I cross the bridge and my it now knows my phone is in a legalized gambling state, does that unlock all the powers of gambling on my device, or does it like not it unlocks know? it? Oh so wow, have, this is crazy. Yeah, if you have the DraftKings Sportsbook app, I mean, like. It's not quite literally once you cross the Ohio River because the geotags closer to the river are still a little wonky. But once you get to like exit one, no doubt about it, yeah, your phone will just, you'll be able to have all the gambling access that your little heart could desire. And that's interesting, Scooch, because I think in Tennessee, you can't, you can't bet on college player props on the sportsbook app. Because hmm. we were driving down for that old Miss game and I was going to make some Chris Rodriguez bets and, you couldn't, but I waited till I got in Tennessee because you know you can't gamble in Kentucky. It's really, really, really dumb. Um, but you couldn't do the player props there, so you can't do the daily fantasy in Indiana, but you can in Kentucky. All this is just so nonsensical. No, you can do daily fantasy in Indiana, just not for college sports. Yeah, not and for I'll do you one. I'll do you one even better. I was in Vegas a few years ago. You cannot fill out daily lineups in Vegas, which is wild. That's dumb, and I, I would I would guess that Vegas has something to do with maybe. When that trend started, they wanted to be like, no, this is going to take away from our sports gambling and our casino gambling. Let's say no to that because we don't want that. We don't want we want people spending their money on the things that we already have established. Uh, but now it's like the, the, the jig is up. It's probably mm -hmm. time to just allow everything under that umbrella of sports gambling. Uh, was talking to an out of town guest this weekend about he, he was trying at the wedding. He was trying to make some bets. And I was like, yeah, you're not going to be able to do it on. Uh, on your app, not in Kentucky. And he was like, what? I, I could do it in Ohio. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you could do it in Ohio. Uh, you, you can eventually bet at Great American Ballpark. They're they're going to have a little sports book there, which is really, really cool. A good, good idea by the city of Cincinnati and by the Reds. But, yeah, I said, no, in Kentucky you can't. And went through the old spiel that you've heard here a thousand times on Kentucky Roll Call about how you can bet on horses, you can do slot machines. Scoot's letting us know that you can do da daily fantasy, which is gambling. You can do daily fantasy on players, which is gambling. You just can't bet on sports, sports, like teams, and you can't do casino gambling in our state. And I think naturally, anytime anybody hears that, and rightfully so in this regard, they think, oh, what's wrong with those dumb Republicans in Kentucky? Why don't they – they're so backwards – and they are, and it's uh, it's not all Republicans. There's plenty of, of of red support for gambling and and casino gambling and sports gambling. But unfortunately, the ones that are really in charge and running the show, they are against it. And it needs to be mentioned just one more time here on our radio show that it's not that they're dumb. It's not that they're like backwards or not progressive. I, I mean, those things again all could potentially be true. But the reason that we don't have sports gambling or casino gambling is because those people are bought and paid for by the horse racing industry. So similar to how maybe in Las Vegas, how they they were behind the eight ball on, no, we're not going to do daily fantasy football. Uh, we're not going to do daily fantasy sports here. We want people to go to our sports books. We want people to bet money in our sports. We don't want these outside games. We'll just not allow them. Um, 
which again, that's kind of crazy in 2022. It's still the case. You'd think at some point they would change that, but it's crazy in 2022 in Kentucky that we don't have gambling, but it's not because they're dumb or it's not because they are going to play the morality card. They may say that just to, that's better than saying, no, no, I'm corrupt. I'm, I'm paid for They, they, they tell us not to vote for it. They make sure we get to go to breeders cups and they line our pockets with money and they show us a good time. And we're big wigs on the horse racing track. And all we got to do is just keep keep the status quo. Fine, we'll do that. So it's not that they're dumb, Big Blue Drew. It's just that they're corrupt. So uh, just I think I feel like there should be just like a little cell phone airport type lot or somewhere that you pull off as soon as you cross the bridge for all the people just to make their bets on their phone and just like bust the UE back into Kentucky. I like that. Uh, of course, the toll bridge. Don't even get me started on tolls. Uh, every, everybody whining and crying about student debt relief. How about toll debt relief? All right. Why Why can they just say in the year 20, I guess this was like, what, the year 2018? Why could they just be like, hey, to drive on this road, everybody, you're going to have to pay for it. I didn't ask for a new bridge. Like, You, you want to get ticked off at Indiana? It's our fault. I don't doubt that. Kentucky wanted to end the tolls earlier this year. Indiana said, nope, we're good. I, I feel like every every other piece of mail I have is a Riverlink letter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't miss one either. I got an $80 late fee on one of those two, and they would not. I could not believe they would not remove it. So, yeah, um, suck it, Indiana. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the late fees are a joke, too. And the reason you know it's a joke is because every so often they'll do, like, Late fee forgiveness. You pay your thing today, and and we'll waive your wait late fee. And it's like, well, that then then I'm never paying the late fee. Like then I'm just gonna hold on to this till you do that little stupid shenanigans again, and then I'll pay it then. I won't pay a late fee, and bada boom, bada bing. But yeah, it seems like every other piece of mail I get is something from them. Horrible, horribly annoying. Uh, yeah, that's really dumb too. Uh, that shouldn't be allowed. Like I would have much rather had the stupid traffic from the Kennedy Bridge and not pay tolls than them forcing me basically to use tolls. And you may say, TJ, well, you could just use Second Street. There's no tolls on that one. Yeah, right. Like, I'm doing that every day. There's just no chance. Uh, adding an extra 15 minutes to my drive both ways. Get the hell out of here. Not doing yeah. that. We got to bring the vibes up, though, guys. We're complaining about the bridges, the tolls, the gambling laws. Like, uh, the gambling gotta, laws should be, be some good stuff be, here that we got. No. The snow. No. Yeah. The well, snow, yeah. yeah. Monday Night no, Football. I've got, I've got more. I've got more bad news about complaining because uh, while we're while we're talking politics, I figure we just keep it going. I knew this was it's, coming, but wait, it's a topic for today. <laughs> yeah, let's just knock them all out in the first segment, though. That's good. All the politics. And yeah, stuff, why? This, do, this is definitely a good correlating topic. And Roush isn't here, so I, I, listen. If I wanted to hear somebody complain or whine about politics, we'd just wait for the, to do this when Roush was here, right? Big Blue Drew. Exactly. Uh, why do Kentucky Democrats hate Mark Stoops? Can you answer that for me? Uh, it's probably because they were they were worried about a potential seven and five record that was looming. But now they should be right back on track, right, TJ? <laughs> yeah, Democrats, come on, Frankfurt. Haven't you seen the cats are back on track? They beat Mississippi State. Get get off the guy's case already. Uh, no, this is actually a pretty interesting political whirlpool that happened yesterday, and we do need to talk about it. You're right, uh, Big Blue Drew, it's not the most fun rainbows and butterfly topics in the world. We could get to that today. Mark Stoops said some interesting things yesterday on the coaches show, so we can talk about that. Uh, and then there's always basketball, football, recruiting news. I've got uh, several quick hitters to get to. But this was kind of the news of the day yesterday. So we will 
go to a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about this. We want to see more text on the Thornton's text line. Everybody say hi to Big Blue Drew. Let uh, new Frankie, Frankie Roush, let, uh, give them a hearty hello. We'll pass it along as well. The Thornton's text line, it's great. Almost as good as an actual Thornton's where you can get goodies, coffee, donuts, the whole the whole shebang. They've got people in charge of their breakfast sandwiches. They're chefs. They've got chefs. Thornton's has chefs. Uh, Scoots loves it. He starts his day with a breakfast sandwich frequently. You should as well. they got fresh fruit at Thornton's also. So stop in at Thornton's, and then don't go anywhere because Kentucky Roll Call will be right oh, back. Welcome back to Packy Roll Call here on Big X Radio, 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM. TJ Walker, Big Blue Drew in the house, and we've got Justin Kalen, our producer, as always. Make sure you're following Big Blue Drew on Twitter, at Big Blue Drew 33 He does great work. He's a good tweeter as well, writes for A Sea of Blue, does the Kentucky Dad podcast, which I think is a really fun podcast if you haven't listened to it, Big Blue Drew, explain it just briefly. It is it is what it sounds like, and you get cool guests on, especially recently. Yeah, it's pretty very simple, straightforward idea. Typically, um, I just get dads on or prospective dads or you know things like that um, from the Kentucky arena world, anything. I've had a few moms on as well, news people, sports people, anybody interesting, and we just try to take the conversation a little more, peel back the layers a little bit on family life and intertwining it within sports. But I found that um, everybody, no matter who that is, really enjoys, you know, talking about their father, their family um, and things of that nature. So it's been cool. I've been lucky. and I've, I've now had t- two of the top five scores in Kentucky men's basketball history on the dad podcast, about 4000 points on the dad pod. Yeah, really, really impressive. Uh, that was your most recent podcast, if I'm not mistaken, unless you've had another episode that I didn't see. Uh, no, yeah, Dan Nissel was last. So if you don't know, I mean, Dan Nissel super generous with his time. And um, I've kind of learned that over the last few months. And he is awesome on radio. Like, he has no filter. He does a great job, like, preparing. I mean, he's not just on there because he's Dan Nissel. So he's great. Check him out. He does a lot of local radio here in Louisville. He has a show from 10 to 12, you know, that he used to do with Mike Pratt. It's after roll call. So you could check that out sometimes, mm-hmm. but yeah, I feel really blessed that like I'm in text threads and texting with Dan Nissel all the time. It's crazy. Some of those ABA stories he told on that were just, they had me rolling. I know, man, it's just a lot of different things. And one, one of the more interesting things that I found TJ was like, so I like basketball cards, you know, so I have a few Dan Nissel cards and it just jumps out of you immediately. Just like the tree trunks this dude had for legs and like, just how jacked he was. And so I kind of asked, like, you know, back then, are we lifting weights? Are you, is it just farm strength? And he kind of mentioned that, like, weightlifting, like, really didn't become a thing in basketball until, like, his final years in the ABA. So I just thought it was funny thinking about Dan Nissel, like, this at that point, you know, 
crazy, you know, highly ranked all-time basketball player, um, just like learning what weights are and how to use them. <laughs> yeah, that is, it's almost like hard to wrap your brain around the concept of that. Like, not knowing what weights are, what are you, ta- like, what are you talking about? How, how was, you were, you had a career of like athleticism and exercising, like weights didn't cross your path at some point. And he was so strong and uh, not to get us off topic too, but this, this is like, I've like lost sleep thinking about a point that Dan Issel made because I'm really starting to kind of um, align with his, you know, thinking track here. So he was stating, we started talking about weightlifting guys that um, like back when he played, there wasn't a lot or any really like ACL injuries and MCLs and people like kind of blowing their knees out. And his theory is that through all of this weightlifting and weight training that um, guys are adding so much muscle to their like skeletal frames that it's promoting these type of injuries. And it's kind of hard to argue with his logic when I've thought about it. Oh yeah. I'm sure there's probably truth to that and not to take it to a different sort of track, but similar to horse racing where it's like they Horses are bred to be the fastest they've probably ever been, but now they're not nearly as durable. Right. They get hurt. You can't run them as much or as quickly. That's why a lot of people want to switch up the Triple Crown and the the dates between that. But I'm sure it's probably a a similar mold to basketball and other sports where you put on so much muscle and you you work out these these muscles so much that they're just waiting to – to get hurt, to get injured, to snap, whatever it may be. But that's um, yeah, interesting perspective. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about just the way he presented that point. And then I've always thought about for years and years, it just amazes me that now we're 2022 and there's not some type of like proactive procedure that special athletes can do to strengthen those ACLs up. That really surprised me. Like, let's get proactive about it. Yeah, you would think. You would think that that would, uh, would have already happened. But – Speaking of being proactive, yeah, the Democrats, they're being <laughs> proactive. Big Blue Drew said he was going to spend 10 minutes talking about why they hate UK. Go ahead, Big Blue Drew. Take the, take the floor. Well, like I said, I think it was that looming 7-5 and five season that just initially started this open, open records request. Um, no, I don't know. I'm trying to catch up on the story. Um, it seems like that pretty much this was just waiting to happen. I think the way that I understand it, the, the second that Kelly Kraft kind of announced her her run for governor that that request was put in. And my biggest question about this whole story, TJ, is that um, so Attorney General Daniel Cameron deems the University of Kentucky's compliance with the state opens record law infraction, I guess. My question is, what is what weight does that hold? I mean, what deem then? What does that mean? Yeah, that, that's a it's 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 a fair it's a fair question and one that I unfortunately don't have a, a great answer for you. And that's the interesting part about it too. And and we're we're as we often do here on Kentucky Roll Call, we're having some fun with all this. But so what happened was a a, a member of like the Kentucky Democrat organization put in an open request, open records request, and said. I, I th- I'm presuming that it was Mark Stoops and the big dog, but uh, I think it's probably safe to assume that Mark Stoops was one of them. But I think they, I think they did say it was Mark and Vince. Oh, did sure. they? Did they officially say that? Well, anyways, uh, they this lady put in a request. I want to see the text messages between Mark Stoops and Joe Kraft. I, I just want to see. I just want to see their text messages, uh, which is public information mark soups is a public employee paid so this is stuff that can happen and 
it's called a FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, and you go to UK or you go to the government or you go to a police department. Um, you don't actually go there to to submit the FOIA, but you you you'll submit it. You'll say what you want, what you want to see. It should be public access. These are public employees, public figures. Go ahead and and let's let's do it. UK came back and said, "You just want to see all the text messages? That's that's too broad." give us more specifics, AKA we don't want to have to do all that work. What specifically are you looking for? So we can kind of hone in on something. And I think they came back and they said, no, we want, we want all of it. And I think UK just said, Oh, that's, that's ridiculous. That's too much. Uh, and it does sound like UK is probably in the wrong with not submitting its FOIA request. And the interesting part about this, those Daniel Cameron, who is a Republican, not a Democrat, state's attorney general, he was the one that came out and said, yeah, you know what, UK did mess up on this. UK did make a mistake here. They needed to answer these FOIA requests, and they need to do it, they need to do it now. Like, you need to, you need to see it through. Um, the interesting part is he's running against Kelly Craft, Joe Craft's wife. Is this also his way of saying, yeah, any more press on her? It only helps me, so I'll be happy to sign off on this, even if it is the Democrats, who I'm not for by any means. So you, you, you're you getting it, if you're Kelly Kraft, you're kind of getting it from, from both sides here. Uh, you got a, the Attorney General, who is your competition for the Republican primary. He's signing off on this stuff. And then you got the Democrats, who are kind of poking their nose around, which we, as you said, Big Blue Drew, we probably should expect that. Kelly yeah. Kraft is a huge donor to the University of Kentucky. They're going to probably try to find out information if they can on who they're talking to, what they're saying, and just get out there as much in the public as possible. So it's a, it's a messy situation. It's one that as long as Kelly Kraft's running for governor, you're probably going to hear more, more things like this, similar things to this. So just get used to it is, is what I would say. TJ, it's a it's a win for everybody, because if there's one thing I know about Kentuckians, it's most of them like intertwining their politics and sports. So this is just it did it for us this time. Yeah, it, they, it did. And that's going to be something that I think is going to annoy a lot of people. Um, it, it really I don't think would be the worst thing in the world if Kelly Kraft just didn't win the Republican primary. And then you could just kind of get all this put behind you sooner rather than later well going years back to um tj i remember a story after reading this yesterday it was the champion it was the tyrese maxi michigan state year so gosh i guess it's coming up on like three or four years at the oh, champions yeah. classic in new york which is um i believe why they moved it back because that it, it occurred on election a big election night i want to say the governor election um back then on that tuesday and kelly Kraft was sitting courtside there at madison square garden and i just i remember her getting up like 20 and 30 times, just running to the back, coming back out, running to the back, coming back out. So they, um, I think that, again, that's a big reason why they moved the Champions Classic. But, um, you know, her relationship with the university goes, you know, far back and there's going to be tons of paper trails and all that. And my biggest takeaway was it's not like there's any big bombshell here that came out. This has pretty much all been in the works. They were going to ask and dig deep. They're going to continue to do that. And um, I guess, you know, from that perspective, if there are any skeletons in, the closet with that relationship, um, you know, you'd think they'd have them ironed out before she started running for governor because they're going to be looking. 
that's a, that's a good point and well said and one that you would think to be would be accurate but not to get too much into politics uh her you would think that big blue drew i hope that my fingers are crossed for that but her campaign's kind of been a disaster to start she got caught just not necessarily plagiarizing but just using like another candidate's like i, I think it was their campaign email. I think they just use the exact same one that another <laughs> candidate used and they just changed the names around just like a la little lazy stuff, like where you probably don't have an experienced person running, or at least it comes off that way. I've got no idea who's running her campaign or if I'd even know who the person was, but it comes off as just maybe a, a non-experienced person running the campaign and they're taking some shortcuts where that stuff can be a bad look for you if you get caught on it, which she has. And two, when you have as much money as she has, her campaign will be will will have the most. Uh, I don't. There's no there's no denying that. But when you have the money that you have, then you need to be a little bit better. Uh, and she hasn't been so far. But yeah, I really, I think it it'd be if you're if you're a Republican in Kentucky, or even if you're a Democrat in Kentucky, and you're a UK fan, probably best case scenario, she loses in the primary and then it's either Ryan Quarles or Daniel Cameron that runs for governor against Andy Bashir. Because if it ends up being her versus Bashir, she wins the primary and then we've got like an additional, I don't know, six, seven months, then it is. It's just going to be more poking around Big Blue Drew. It's going to be more, let's just make sure all the, all the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed here and Democrats are going to be poking around. That's just politics. That it, it doesn't it doesn't stop at your fandom. It doesn't stop at well, you know, we're all UK fans. Shucks, uh, the crafts. What they do for UK is colossal. It's huge. It's so important to the university's athletic success. That being said, she entered the arena. You you have entered the pit, and this is what you get when you enter the pit. So let's hope nothing comes back as a negative for UK. Let's hope that there's no impermissible benefits uh not that the ncaa would care in this regard but the the states you know could be breaking laws you could be breaking some campaign rules if you if you if 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 things aren't good and that would come to light and then what would the relationship with the crafts and uk be moving forward there so fingers crossed there's no dirt because if there is you're gonna have political folks digging around looking for it so that was an interesting story from yesterday and from my understanding i think uk just has to follow through on this four-year request and i think this was daniel cameron's opinion was basically saying like yeah uk you've broken the rules you need to you need to go through with her request so uh the the person who requested it they will i think eventually get to see these text messages between mark stoops and and Joe Craft, which I imagine are probably pretty simple. I don't think that you're probably having a bunch of dirt over text messages like that. Big Blue Drew, it's probably like, "Hey, can I get an extra parking pass? Do you have any? Uh, uh, do you have any additional tickets for me? Happy birthday!" You know, it's probably pretty simplistic stuff, but uh, it will probably come to light, and and more more of that will come to light. So something to keep an eye on, I guess, in the politics arena as this goes on and on and on. I have a uh, positive spin for UK fans on this, TJ. Love it. Love so it. So after digesting this whole story, did a little independent research yesterday, which consisted of reading some tweets and maybe skimming through an article or two, hearing you, you, you know, summarize it as well. 
to me, this just is like a more job security for Mark Stoops. And what I mean by that is like his seat at the table here at Kentucky, I feel like is in Vince too. Like just they're both of their level of involvement and decision making and just the thing that they have going here for UK. I just don't see them getting that anywhere else and just know, you know, kind of where they came from, small town Ohio. I just feel like they have such a uh, a powerful position within their football ranking. So um, I, I took that as a positive for Mark Stoops, the guys at the table making decisions, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Scooch, anything you want to add to that? Um, no, so I'm just, I, I'm just sitting here wondering, are you more worried about Kentucky in this or craft and that relationship being broken? Cause I, I, I just don't know what there is to worry about. I, w- I wouldn't personally be worried. You wouldn't be worried if someone subpoenaed all of your text messages, Justin. So it, just to say, let's just say all of them. I mean, I just I think you have to have the mindset of everything's being done the right way until it's not. No, your text messages, Justin. If I subpoenaed your text messages, would that's you, fine. Would you be? Oh, not me. I'd be terrified. I, I mean, I, I have nothing to hide. Time to hide over here. Scooch, the, the the concern is it could be something that's just pretty innocent that now everybody's got to answer for and it becomes a distraction. So I, I don't think – I would hope – I mean, it's just – yeah, it's a, it's a hope thing. You just would hope that UK staff knows that every text message they send can be FOIA'd, that it could be public information, and that they're smart about that sort of stuff. Now, of course, they can't help what people say to them, and you may have to respond – delicately in some situations but i i just think a lot I, I don't know i also think if you had all your business out there in the public your emails and your text messages i don't think you would like it i don't think you'd like it one bit scoots oh i wouldn't like it but i mean i'm i'm, I'm i'd be okay with it if that's what had to happen i'm still erring on the side that um you know if you choose to run for governor they everything they've done they know so i would be surprised if um, i'm not concerned from that standpoint sure there could maybe be some bumps and bruises or something, maybe something that comes out that's not, you know, exactly wonderful, but but I'm not expecting any bombshells to get like the university and major hot water or anything. Because if that does happen, shame on them because they knew all this was coming. No, it's probably true. Like if it does happen, it's on them to to some degree. What I'll add though, here here's where let's just the elephant in the room. Let's talk about this openly and honestly. The concern is going to be, is there a text message of Mark Stoops nudging Kraft and saying, like, what do we got to do to get this facility funded? What do, what, what do I got to do to – which that in its own right, we probably need somebody that's a little bit more versed in, in the law. I wonder what our, our buddy Big Bag Dave's doing on a day like today. But uh, not picking winners and gambling, I can tell you that much. But <laughs> what I can tell you is that could just be a kind of a messy situation. Uh, I don't think in its own right a coach asking a donor for money is unusual, uncommon, and 99% of the time, 99.9% of the time, it happens behind closed doors or the text messages never see the light of day, and that is that. In this instance, it may say – you, you could get people saying, is it a quid pro quo? Did I, I don't know. We'd have to see what the text messages say before we could react to them. 
But if it was something along the lines of, if you ever need me for anything, I'm here for you. I, we just got to get that f- football facility built. My concern is it's going to be like an open, it could end up being an open-ended text message asking for for support and reminding the crafts that, hey, I'm, I'm your pal, I'm your friend, I'm your buddy. I'm just worried that something could be left open for interpretation in regards to donations for the new football facility, Big Blue Drew, that in its own right maybe aren't illegal. Or maybe they, maybe the phrasing of it, again, we'd have to see, we're talking about a hypothetical that does not even exist. We'd have to see the wording of all of it. But I'm just worried in regards to the football facility donations, something could get traced back and just be a headache. If nothing else, just be a headache. And that's what we're hoping to not have happen here. How great would it be if like they knew all this was coming and they were just answering each other in like the most like bureaucratic way, like per bylaw four seven four, you know, we can't talk about that via text. Like oh, that'd be, and, that'd be so and funny. they were all just like perfectly crafted, uh, no pun intended, to just kind of like totally, you know, dismiss this. I'll be interested to see TJ again now that um the way that the word that I read was Daniel Cameron dinged them with violating that opens records request. So now that obviously I guess the next step would be them forced to comply with it. Um, I wonder if we'll get any details on like if they just do the bare minimum in the longest time frame, you know, like you see a lot with judicial proceedings um, or if they're just like, yeah, here's everything right away and move on. I guess I just because it seems like they kind of fought it, you know, to start, which I thought was a little interesting, despite it being such a broad request, because that did seem kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it just has to be fulfilled now, the request. Is that the next step on what you're reading? Yeah, I'm guessing so. And that's what I said. I'm wondering if there's a time frame, like if it's 30 days, will Kentucky wait, you know, 29.75 days um, or what will they do? But I mean, whether you're in the wrong or not, I feel like if you were, you know, being asked to provide that type of information from a, a UK compliance standpoint, it would only make sense to narrow that down to limit your exposure um, you know, regardless if you think you did anything or not, that's just common sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that's probably what will happen is hey, you got 30 days to do that. UK. That's another interesting part too, is UK can redact things that they feel need to be redacted, whether it's for the identity of some, yeah, of, of a party not involved. I wonder if there's going to be any redacts on what they send over. Probably not, I would guess, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's a, it's something, as we've mentioned here now a few times, but once she entered the governor's race, UK was going to be subject to this stuff just by association. This is a big-time donor. They've been friends with the university's athletic program for a long, long time. People are going to dig into that relationship. We got a great text in about this. Really good. Strong work there, Texter. Oh, uh, which one uh, should I you, read it or do we need to go in order? We we normally don't jump ahead on the Thornton's text line unless it's a really good one. So if you see one that's really good, what what do we got? Yeah, I just thought this was funny. So it would be cool if Mark Stoops ended every text with we're just getting started, bro. <laughs> I like that. That is a good one. I'm glad we jumped ahead for that one. What uh, also what if they it's just like incredibly coded messages between him and Stoops. Like the, the football facilities code word is greasy cheeseburger. Right. And Stoops just like, Hey Joe, whatever we got to do to get that greasy cheeseburger, let us know. And then boom, that point you can't get in trouble. You're just talking about a good old fashioned greasy cheeseburger. Yeah. Hopefully there's nothing to, I mean, if they, I just kind of, this thought just crossed my mind, you know, if they do release a lot of that stuff, like, you know, it could be nothing even related to 
of facility or money, you know, if maybe any, because any of those people mentioned was to say a disparaging comment or anything about the AD or someone else or a thing of that nature, it'll become big news really fast. It will. It will. All right, we'll put a bow on that because, again, we're not legal experts on this stuff, but it is. I'm just letting every UK fan know that's going to be something that you're going to be hearing about a little bit more of as the campaign for Kelly Craft goes on. UK still trying to get some facilities funded as well. The, the timing of all this isn't great. Again, uh, we don't endorse here on the radio show, although uh, we probably do and have and probably will continue to do it. But I do think the least messy thing in all this is Kelly Craft doesn't win the primary. And then by next summer, things are just back to back to normal. Next spring, things start getting back to normal. So, all right, hour one done. We'll get into more fun topics. We'll get into the Thornton's text line. We got to talk recruiting. We've got to talk about our U of L friends. Just continue to be goobers. <laughs> uh, Trevor Kelsey said some really outlandish things, but that's just a normal Monday for that guy. So don't go anywhere. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call coming up Roll next. Call. Again, TJ Walker, Big Blue Drew, and Justin Kelly. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Hello there, welcome back. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call here on Roll Call! You can listen to us on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Big Blue Drew, and Justin Kalen on your Tuesday morning. Hope everybody's having a great start to their day. It is really cold outside. We're talking below 40. Scooch was very worked up that there was snow falling on his a way blizzard. in. He just can't appreciate nature's beauty, unfortunately. But I wish I would have taken a video. You all would have agreed with me. It was just out of control is what it was. Out of control. Did you have to scrape the windshield off? Uh, no, but it was, so it was wet enough where the windshield wipers were doing the job. But That's, that's because it's not 30, it wasn't 32 degrees. Guys. Correct. But everybody's driving out there like it's 20 degrees and the snow's sticking. So beware of that. But it's a blizzard. I mean, shouldn't people drive safely through a blizzard, Scoots? No, you can go the speed limit in a blizzard. Oh, okay, I'm just I'm glad. I wasn't sure what the road protocol was when when driving in a blizzard. Well, despite the snowy conditions, I can confirm on good authority that Salsaritas is open today. They uh, brave the elements, get out there on the roads, and get yourself to a Salsaritas, one of their two locations. Middletown, it has a drive-through. St. Matthew's, newly re- renovated interior. Uh, it's a great spot. You'll really, really love it. So check out one of the two spots today. Download the app. You'll save time. You'll save money. It's so good. It's so delicious. It's why it's called the Fresh Mexican Grill Sauceritas. All right, Big Lou Drew, just real quick, just because we talked about it yesterday. It happened on Friday, so it's still relatively new, I guess, in the world of UK land. But what, what are your takes on 
Aaron Bradshaw committing, what is UK getting in a in a player like him? Doesn't really seem like it ended up being a major surprise, although I think the timing of it was a little surprising. I'm not sure people were expecting it on Friday night of Big Blue Madness, but uh, and he's been all UK ever since the commitment, tweeting out videos, tweeting pictures, retweeting UK, just doing everything. So seems to be really happy with his decision. What will the Caps get from the stretch forward? Well, I think the exciting thing about Aaron Bradshaw is a, a lot of that's yet to be determined, TJ, when you talk about his size and his um, budding skill set is probably the best way that I would put it. I got to see him play once or maybe like one and a half times um, when that EYBL stuff came here over the summer, I think in June. And I mean, he definitely stands out, you know, on his AAU team when you're talking about his size and length. So I heard you talking a little bit yesterday um, just about Calipari's history of usage with seeming kind of stretch fours and stuff, but um, awesome player, great get, awesome time to hear it too. I thought that was cool. Um, we'll probably talk a little bit about madness. I'll give my like total perspective on the state of big blue madness, which everyone seems to be doing. But um, I think that'll be interesting, TJ, to see exactly what we're getting in Aaron Bradshaw, you know, in um, a little less than a year, I guess, and stuff when he gets here and how Calipari um, chooses to use him. And that also could depend on, you know, who we bring back, who we bring in, things of that nature. So I think it's a um, bigger get than even it seems because if anything, you know, Aaron Bradshaw is going to just continue to develop and get a lot better before he arrives. And when you couple that with his size and potential, um, could be a really, really special player. Yeah, and it, it, you, again, you're spot on and, and well stated to just mention we don't know exactly what who's going to be back, what the front court's going to look like. I feel confident that Toppin and Collins will be gone. Uh, I would guess that Oscar would be gone, but I, I really do think it's – I think you never know with somebody like him. But let's just if you've if you've got you got a Kingsley and Lance Ware, which I think Lance Ware is the player that he is. And I think Kentucky's lucky to have a player like him want to stay within the program, know that he's a backup and play that role. So I think you know he should probably still be around. But if you've got you got a Kingsley on Yenzo and you got Lance Ware, you may look at those two and say, eh. I like uh, I like their toughness. Uganda is going to be able to block shots and defend multiple positions, and you you hope that he can work out. But neither one of those players not necessarily known for their offensive game. Although I will say that in very 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 short sample sizes, seems like Uganda's doing a little bit better offensively. I think than people would have thought, and just see hearing people that have gotten to see some of the practices. That being said, Aaron Bradshaw totally fixes any offensive front court concerns you would have with those two guys. Uh, if 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 Lance and Uganda can get you some stuff offensively, that's great. If they don't, it wouldn't really matter because Bradshaw is such a good offensive big. He can stretch the floor, knock down threes if need be. Now, how much Calipari will let him shoot threes? I think that's a story for a different day. But he can also knock down those ten to twenty footers which Cal has no problem letting their his bigs take, uh, and then also somebody that can run at the rim and pretty much dunk anything in the vicinity. So you'll have offense covered. You would think you'd have defense and shot blocking covered. So it seems like a great insurance piece just to make sure your front court's going to be doing it all in all facets of the game, which is important in the game of basketball. If you have a weakness, it'll get exposed. You have those three players down there. Uh, I think you'd have a tough time scoring on them. I think you would likely have a tough time rebounding. 
We're gonna. I need to see obviously more of Uganda Kingsley on Yenzo, and we need to see more of how Bradshaw develops, obviously. But based on what I think and how it's gonna go, you, you you're pretty well covered there, Big Blue Drew. I talked that whole time and didn't even mention his presence on the defensive end, which very well that could end up being, um, you know, his biggest contribution in college, depending on the roster that's built around him. Um, especially when you start talking about those, you know, the special backcourt that could be put together. And I always put a lot of stock to TJ and like, um, you know, where kids are coming from, the level of competition. So just knowing that he played alongside DJ. So he was getting the smoke everywhere they went every all summer, every summer with the New Jersey Scholars. So I think he's kind of built for that, you know, assuming, um, you know, they come and, and put a, a strong class around him, which they're obviously going to. Um, it's exciting, man. And I think that he has the potential to, to really be special. And, um, you know, I noticed I watched probably more of the NCAA tournament last year than than ever before, just or in recent memory, just not traveling around and stuff. And I just remember rim protection being so important. The teams that were really advancing had a lot of rim protection that was able to kind of steal possessions away even when they weren't blocking shots. So I'm all for adding the the lengthy freaks like Damian Collins, Aaron Bradshaw, et cetera. All right, give me a player that UK fans haven't seen play in a UK jersey. We'll exclude the Big Blue Bahamas trip and Big Blue Madness. So it can either be a 2023 recruit or it can be a recruit on this current team or it could be a transfer on this current team. Just a player that a player that you haven't seen in a UK jersey that you're most excited for one full season in a UK jersey. Great so, question, because it actually – go ahead. Do you have another part? Well, no, I was just – I think you get that. I was just prefacing it. It could be Rob Dillingham. could be Cason Wallace. It could be Antonio Reeves. It could be Aaron Bradshaw. So, I'm, I'm, I'm letting you cast a wide net, but somebody we haven't seen in a Kentucky jersey, who are you most excited about? I'm glad you asked it because my, my answer has actually shifted and I've adopted a new player probably uh, – maybe even just since madness or a little before, but I'm getting more and more excited about Chris Livingston. Wow. Um, for a few reasons. Number one is I was just kind of, I can't, but I think SEC media days is today, like basketball sneaking up. So last night I knew I was jumping out with you guys. I'm like, man, I was kind of just getting a quick refresher on SEC basketball because these transfers, it's just, it's just insane to go down every roster. It's kind of impossible to know who has what now. So I was doing a refresher um, and kind of reading through Kentucky stuff, like just his junior stats before he went to Oak Hill were just absolutely mind-boggling. Still goes there, but just like 17 a game. And then just all the chatter coming out of like the preseason camp and practices and stuff um, is just his relentless work ethic. And then uh, doubling down, seeing it with my own eyes, TJ, like when just when he's on the court, like his size and his speed, um, I think that he's going to be um, a guy that really jumps out to us this season and it's a necessity too because like if you ask me just about the the state of this Kentucky basketball team how far they can make it what's my opinion um a lot of that's going to boil down to just how good Casey Wallace and Chris Livingston are that's a that's a good answer and when we do the show from the remote studios I'll always have something on the TV in the background sports related highlight videos recaps of games something along those lines I've got the big blue and usually I'll just let it go and YouTube will play whatever's next uh, the big blue Bahamas game Bahamas versus Kentucky going on right now in the background and Chris Livingston has already done several things in then in, in just this game I think he is the I, honestly I feel like if I asked that question to UK fans throughout the state big blue drew 
I, I bet you get the least votes for Livingston, Agreed. believe it or not. Agreed. And and I think that you 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 gave great answers for us why you're interested. Uh, mine would be of the same rationale and reasoning of yours. I'm just going with two different players. First would be probably Cason Wallace, just because I think we know what we'll get from him. But how good will he end up being? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, reasons that you you know you you alluded you mentioned Cason Wallace as well. But uh, I want and he's such an important piece to this. I think Kentucky can still be good if Cason Wallace ends up not being as great as we thought. It, you still have Severe Wheeler. You just maybe ask a little bit more from an Antonio Reeves. Uh, if C.J. Frederick is healthy, then you know you could get him some more minutes potentially. But I, w- I want to see how good he can be. I, th- I think he could be lottery pick good. If he is, he's got the body and he's got the size. That's going to make for a really, really, really good college basketball player. And then if we're talking about anybody that we haven't seen play significant minutes in a Kentucky basketball jersey, I'm going with the guy that we've already talked about today, and that's Aaron Bradshaw. Um, because in a similar role or similar mold, I should say, as a case in Wallace, how will Kentucky use him? How will it look on the floor? How good is this guy going to get? How good is he when he comes in? Uh, I'll be really, really anxious to see how UK l- uses Bradshaw, what it looks like, because uh, he is—he's—he really can do a lot of different things and can be used in a variety of ways. And he's probably going to be, assuming that Oscar does leave. And again, I don't think that's a safe assumption, but that's the assumption I'm going off of. Assuming Oscar does leave. Bradshaw could be the featured player on the front court. So uh, those would be my top two. And then I, I think I could make a strong case for Livingston being third um, for similar reasons, like you mentioned, just kind of the mystery of what he brings to the table, how he'll be used, how it fits with what the other players currently have. Uh, but there's a lot of really fun pieces that we haven't gotten to watch a lot of in UK basketball, and expectations are super high for those players. I think you could make a strong case for Robert Dillingham as well. I know a lot of UK fans want to see him, but it's a, it's a lot of good pieces. How it all works out, that's what the season's for, Big Blue Drew. Yeah, and it always sounds so stupid, simple, but like so much of the way that, um, especially pre-transfer portal, the, the Kentucky basketball works is just, we're always going to have high expectations because for five-star freshmen, because Cal Perry is always going to get them. And usually it's that simple. It just boils down to, you know, are they as good as we expect a little bit better? Or are they going to struggle their first year? Like we've seen as well. And very simple, but that's kind of the mold of it. And I'm looking at a probably case in wallets as that number one guy to kind of, I think it's already been pretty much determined that he's got that dog in him, but um, you know, can he execute and um if one of those guys I think can play above expectations, which is asking a lot, that's just going to make this team like super, super hard to defend. And just their depth will be um, hard to, hard to compete with. Big Blue Drew, you spend a little bit more time at the ESPN Louisville studio, certainly than, than Scoots or or myself. We're not invited over to those parts, but uh, you're such a friendly guy. Every radio station loves Mm -hmm. having you around and you know where this is going. You're generous with your time. Where do you think this is going? <laughs> I, I just briefly saw a little bit of. Um, oh yeah. I, I okay. think you're. I think you're doing a great radio tie-in here of um, recruiting discussion to uh, a little local Kentucky media beef. You 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 know me too well. You you saw the trails. You picked up on the scent. <laughs> what, what's up with Stephen Rummage? We follow each other. We've had a few interactions. He seems like a friendly enough guy. 
what 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 the hell? Stephen Rubbish, first of all, I gotta preface this. I'm perfectly fine doing this. Friend of mine, we make tons of errors together out in right field and right center field for the gas bag softball team. So um good buddy of mine, dad pod vet. So nicest guy you'll ever meet. Steve's great. Um, but yeah, that take, I mean, I don't know what can you say. It definitely um you know, no matter how you slice it, whether it's Steve or anybody um, from the Louisville side trying to downplay, I guess, DJ's abilities or what he's going to bring to college at this stage, um, considering everything that's happened, um, it's definitely not not a great look. Not a great look at all. TJ, did we lose TJ? Oh, he's sorry. probably muted. I was on mute. Yeah. No, he, so he tweeted out that AJ Johnson better than DJ Wagner. Greater uh, than DJ Wagner. Greater than DJ Wagner. <laughs> and this is also the same guy who tweeted out during the summer. Good move by Calipari cutting cutting ties with Wagner and moving on to Dillingham. Uh, you know, alluding to that UK had no chance with Wagner. So they they were just picking up the scraps with with Dillingham. Rummage is just the ultimate U of L fan, really. Like it's all rainbows and butterflies. If hit with a hard dose of reality, which has been U of L's go-to medicine over the last seven years, he will put a hand up and be like, Hey, this is bad. But then when the sun comes up the next morning, Cardinal birds are chirping. He's right back to rainbows and butterflies. He really is. He's the ultimate fan. Things have been really bad for U of L as of late, and he constantly just acts like it's it's going to be all right. Things are fine. It's not the end of the world. Of course, things have not been fine for U of L. Uh, it hasn't been the end of the world. There's been truth to that, but U of L as a competitive athletic program and football and basketball just is not. It's not registering on a national scale. It's just not the case where things stand right now. Um, U of L now is convinced that they have a good chance to get AJ Johnson. However, I think it's them or Texas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Texas. And U of L, I don't know if they've ever beaten out a recruit that Texas, with Chris Beard in charge, has wanted. So, and I, and I, I think that that I mean I think that's like factually true. Uh, since Chris Beard's been at U of, since he's been at Texas, he's gotten whoever he's wanted from most schools, but especially U of L. So that's one to keep an eye on. Them already acting like A.J. Johnson's locked up, Big Blue Drew, no chance that that backfires. Yeah, that, that to me is probably a bigger element to this um, whole, whole thing than anything else is the fact that, like, I kind of like the energy if he committed. You know what I mean? Let's get the rivalry going or whatever. But just um, the way that I understand, I think it's still somewhat of a kind of a dark horse option for Louisville. I think, like, Texas, LSU. But um, – you know, they get hyped up over Louisville Live, baby. So Louisville Live, I think, what is that, Friday, um, mm-hmm. which he'll be in attendance. So, yeah, that that flex was the weirdest part because, you know, if he goes to Texas and he's greater than DJ Wagner, well, that's irrelevant to, to Louisville. So get him first. If the Mike Rutherford show can be believed, this is the first year that they've ever charged for L's Louisville Live Midnight Madness, their equivalent of that. And it's uh, – the ticket sale is not going great. And as often with U of L or Louisville live, they can't find a, a, a home for it. So this year they're doing it at slugger field, which is a weird place to do it. Um, 
in late October, it's going to be outside. So it's probably they got gonna- so lucky with the weather, man. The weather is going to turn up again on Friday. Actually, it's going. It would have been awful to be Monday through Thursday, but on um, Friday's looking better. But yeah, I knew that it it had moved locations, but uh, that's also not a great idea to sell tickets because then um, you'd have to there have to be a reasonable expectation that you could say how many people were there definitively. <laughs> Yeah, if you remember last year, they just did it at Churchill Downs when Louisville had some night racing going on, and they, or when Churchill Downs had some nice night racing going on, and they were like, "Look how many people came here for Louisville Live!" When in reality, people just went there for the horse racing, and they were like, "Oh, they're gonna do like a dunk contest over here. That's kind of weird. I'll take a peek at that." <laughs> uh, Churchill Downs said, "Yeah, I don't think we're gonna do that again this year." So they're going to Slugger. Yeah, it does look like it's going to be pretty nice weather on Saturday, but still a low of 49. Which, oh, it's Saturday? I was thinking it was Friday. Or, no, Friday. It's, it's going to be nice weather Friday and Saturday, as a matter of fact. But the low is still 48, which, like, in at night. That's perfect basketball dark. weather outside, TJ. I love going and watching some basketball outside in 48-degree weather. It's on, <laughs> on a high school football night, too. Like, it, it's not going to be a great crowd. Um, it's not going to be an overly great event. It still just seems like UofL basketball – wasn't able to capitalize on the honeymoon stage of Kenny Payne. Um, not a lot of momentum. Not a lot of momentum for our friends in red. But is it hey, like a thing to do it outside, TJ? Why does it always have to be outside? I know it's Fourth Street Live. Then you mentioned Churchill Downs. Now this year, Slugger Field. Like, do they have a prerequisite for Louisville Live that it has to be outdoors? It's a great question. Don't have an answer for you. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I, I don't get it either. But. Uh, it will be outside, and best of luck getting that uh, AJ Johnson fellow who is not committed to them. What are the uh, over under one hundred and fifty percent chance Jack Harlow's there? He's going to be there, supposedly. <laughs> yeah, he's already announced. Oh, yeah. Okay, for shocker. If, if I'm U of L, they're not going to like hearing this. I'm I'm using I'm I'm not going to the Jack Harlow well as frequently as they, as they have been going. Now, some may totally disagree with that and say, listen, you, if that guy wants to be around the program, you highlight him and you get him around the program. My only thing is UofL stinks right now. Like, save him for when UofL's good, and then people will just go absolutely bananas. But if you keep using them when you're not very good, when you are good and you bring them out, people are going to be like, oh, okay, cool, it's Jack Harlow. We've seen him a thousand times. You know, Ashley Judd eventually had her shine kind of wear off of her. Some of that self-inflicted a little bit, but like when they show Ashley Judd a game, it's not really a big deal anymore. I think you got to save Jack Harlow a little bit. I don't know. I'd err on the side of if he wants to be around anything he wants to do with Louisville Athletics, you let him do it. And I think it's awesome that he does. I really do. I've said this a ton of times. Like it's really cool the amount that he wants to be involved, but inevitably it just kind of oversaturates his presence and mm-hmm. kind of becomes less cool that Jack Harlow's there. Even though, um, you know, I can't hate and say that it's not. I think that's really cool. I mean, he's one of the biggest entertainers in the world. So I think you have to let him come and, and do his thing. But like I said, no matter what, that's going to kind of get old to everyone. Yeah, it, it's, uh, no, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough situation. It's similar to, was it last season that L retired Lamar's jersey? And they were just like doing whatever they could to try to get people to come to the games. And it's like, all right, that's that's good. That's going to help you out right now, but that makes for a less memorable event. Like, it's, people in five years are going to be like, hey, did we ever retire Lamar Jackson's jersey? It's like, oh, yeah, we did it back during that really bad season that we were having. 
Oh, yeah. I just like we didn't. And this kind of goes along with my opinion of Big Blue Madness. But like, I don't I mean, whether Louisville lives great or not, like my opinion on all these events is just like total apathy. There's just nothing they can do, TJ. Like, I don't fault any Louisville, Kentucky, anybody for trying to put on these great events, because and the reason I say that is in the 90s, you didn't have access to all this content. So if there was a new player, you would just be so excited to tune in because maybe you had seen a photo of him in, you know, the Herald Leader or something. But now with the access and the amount of content that these programs and you just have the ability to see, there's literally nothing you can do, in my opinion, to really get and draw that excitement year after year, other than not put out content that people want to see the other 364 days. So I'm just yeah. um, going in with the thinking of apathy for all these events from here on out. Yeah, uh, and there's truth to that, and that's a really good point, is that like it used to be a much bigger event back in the day because it was all brand new, and now it's not necessarily brand new, and we've all seen it before. And uh, There's still ways, I think, that they can make it more interesting and make it a little bit more innovative and fun, but you're probably right. I mean, it is, at the end of the day, just a quote-unquote practice, which is now just turned into a quote-unquote introduction celebratory hey college basketball here is here night um but at least thought, it's not gonna be freezing or at least it wasn't freezing at rupp arena last friday i thought of one way because i people have asked me this question i never really have a good answer but i thought of one great way that you could make madness a thing tj ready i want to hear it giveaways make that thing like oprah imagine if in five years like you wanted madness tickets so bad because like they gave everyone in section 221 like signed awesome john wall jerseys or something like that and make it an event to like i know people would resell the tickets crazy and stuff away where, where people want to go there because the attendees um you know have the potential to win something or just be uh honored something special for them i feel like is the only way because from a tv standpoint you can bring anthony davis out with john wall driving a hummer on the floor like i don't i'm not going to be like glued to my tv to see that so I don't know that bringing the current players or former players back like really does what he thinks that it does, or maybe I'm just in the minority that it doesn't really excite me that much. Yeah. It's not very cost efficient though, Drew. They got the money. True. I agree. Have it like a Price is Right style, Big Blue Madness. They're going to subpoena my text messages now talking about securing all these funds for the giveaways, but I do think something like that would be neat. You have to do something to where – you know, someone said, hey, I got tickets to Big Blue Madness and your eyes up. You're like, wow, that's, you know, that's going to be really cool. Great. Not people are giving their tickets away. And, and I just don't have any other answers because you can just see everything else you want to see just by following their Twitter page or whatever. So there's, there's just nothing exciting that's going to draw you there. Two on two tournament. True. That, that would be nice too. two on two tournaments with former players as one of the ones that'd be fun. Oh too. yeah. That'd be cool too. Yeah. That, I'm all for, I know Tyler Ulyss was a little banged up, but like him and Wheeler guarding each other out on the floor. Who, who wouldn't want to see that? And two TJ, do you know the rules on this? Because I have to assume that you don't think Calipari had any hand in, Hey Aaron, it'd be great if you could drop this on big blue madness. Like that'd be cause he was hyping it up. Like he, it was going to be this madness to remember. And that was only the memorable thing. So what if Kentucky could like hold back commitments or like say, hey, it'd be great. And it just became a thing where people announced that madness. Then you talk about eyes glued to the TV. If, um, you know, we had set the expectation that maybe every other year or whatever it is that we were locking up a big player and specifically 
um, announcing it that day. Yeah, that was ultimately my big long rant on Madness was like, it is what it is an event. We say it every year, so we're not surprised when it ends up being a little underwhelming. But the fact you got Bradshaw commitment made it a memorable Big Blue Madness, made it a big deal. That's that's a huge get. Yeah, I like that as well. Like you, you could even do like a while we're on the concept of the price is right, you could even do like a dating show sort of deal where you have like the guest of recruits come out for Big Blue Madness and they're all behind the curtains and one of them is committed and you have to guess which one it is. That'd be a good time. I'm in yeah. on that. And, yeah. then it's, and then too, talk about love from a recruit standpoint, if there was some way to get in front of a huge crowd and make that announcement, I mean, that'd be amazing. I don't know that, you know, besides doing it like locally at your school or if you're from Kentucky, you do something like that. Uh, but that would be neat for the recruits too. Because I'll be honest, DJ, part of me kind of thought um, – I don't know. Like, would you do you think that announcing it the way that he did, like, directed more shine towards Aaron Bradshaw and his commitment that he's waited his whole life for? Or do you think it took away? Because I could kind of argue it both ways. I almost felt like it was a little unfair to him that he did that. And then, boom, we were into madness. But at the same time, it was obviously a focal point of the discussion. Yeah, I think ultimately it was a good for his brand. Uh, I thought I, anytime you're going to commit to a place like Kentucky, Duke, or Kansas for basketball, you're going to get a lot of fanfare and you're going to make the fan base really excited and you'll get more followers and you'll get a lot of love. I think doing it on Big Blue Madness was beneficial for him because again, if anything, the, the issue would be that like everybody talked about how boring Big Blue Madness was, but you were the only highlight of the whole day. So right. uh, that you know, that, I guess that could be a positive for him. But uh, yeah, uh, you're an idea man, Big Blue Drew. That's why we have you on here on Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. We love hearing these sort of ideas. So that's good. Not even so, Wednesday. Not even Wednesday. Not even Wednesday. Uh, let's get a few texts here and on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. The first texter says... The fans wanted Toppin to go again, and then he won the dunk contest. Oh, okay, so it was kind of like a made-up sort of rules. That's fine. That's kind of, I guess, what we would have expected anyways. But good for Jacob Toppin. Kind of goes to show how involved or how much people were paying attention that I didn't even know he won the dunk contest. Good for him. Good job, Jacob. 27, 27 to 17 flatters Mississippi State. Should have been a 35 to 10 game. Uh, it really probably should have. Kentucky, mm-hmm. it, after that second half was just complete domination, Big Blue Drew. And just still, I talked a lot about that game yesterday, just breaking it down. And, like, I just can't put logic to it. I mean, just feeling the way that I felt leaving after that South Carolina game and then just seeing the statistics from the Mississippi State game. I mean, you would have absolutely thought they were flipped. Um, so, yeah, just excellent game plan. And they just laid it to them, man. I was there, and it was just it just never got the feeling at all that, uh, Mississippi State was like better. Yeah, uh, the, on TV it came off that way as well. That just like, I think a lot of fans were really nervous after the South Carolina game, but the defense made you feel like, okay, all right, hold on, this is back to normal Kentucky defense. And then fortunately, the offense did enough. Uh, Mark Stoops gave some injury updates yesterday that are of big time news and notes. I actually going- missed a lot of those, TJ. Did you? Could you fill me in? Yeah, I'm going to do a radio break, and then when we come back, all right, perfect. How about that? Perfect. Even better. Tease me on it. Perfect. Will will do. So we'll get to that uh, a little bit more. Basketball quick hitters, as we have the rankings come out yesterday for the start of the college basketball season, and then we have a pretty jam packed Thornton's text line. So don't go anywhere. You're listening 
to a Tuesday edition of Kentucky Roll Call with Big Blue Drew and Walker, Justin Galen. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X. One final segment, TJ Walker, Big Blue Drew in the house, and we've got our producer, Justin Kalen, the best in the land. We appreciate you listening, and we hope that you text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. And while you're at it, at some point today, go to ShadyRays.com. Whether it's on your phone, whether you're on your computer, maybe you're in the office right now, check out their selection. You'll be blown away. They've got sunglasses for every occasion, and you can save 25% when you use promo code BIGX. We love our friends at ShadyRays.com. You'll love their sunglasses. If you get a pair, they don't fit. They're, I'm not sure really how they don't fit unless you've got a head the size of Nick Roush, but um, they'll fit. But if they don't or you don't like the way that they look, 30-day money-back guarantee. If you do like them but you break them, you, a year later, eight months later, you lose them, they get stolen from you, whatever it may be, they will do a replacement pair. You pay a small processing fee, boom, your order sent right back to you for a fraction of the initial price that you originally paid for. And already their prices are low. They look like the designer brands, but they're not. They're shady rays. They're polarized, though. They are quality sunglasses. You're just getting a bargain price for them. And each and every time you buy at shady rays, you're going to help feed hungry folks throughout the country. It's a great cause. It helps out a lot. So a lot of good things going on at Shady Rays. And do not forget to use the promo code BIGX for 25%. You're, oh, I, I have some gonna, Shady Rays. You're going to need them today because the sun's a little brighter when there's snow on the ground. <laughs> just a heads up. Oh, scoots. <laughs> oh, scoots. You got some Shady Rays, Big Blue Drew? I do. They're um, My favorite thing about the pair that I have is like they're very sturdy quality but they're also very light so i'm a big shady race fan yes dugan gave me a pair once at a remote and um i haven't even lost them yet which is surprising because by far the biggest selling point it amazes me every time i hear it that you can just lose or break them and get a new pair so you'd be you'd be crazy not to buy a pair of shady rays in my opinion oh yeah and i've gone through the process i've done it all if you're going to advertise with the big x you're going to get a customer out of me if nothing else so i've, I've gone through the the old rigmarole and it is without issue incident it's so easy uh to get that to get those replacement pairs that they promise so good stuff from shady rays uh good stuff from mark stoops yesterday on the call-in show he says that he's hopeful that tavion robinson and jeremy flax will be back for the tennessee game that's good news Yes, that is good news. That was the one I was waiting to hear, and I missed on. I, I guess it was more Jeremy Flax. I know that he's a critical critical part up front there. So good news. Good to hear. But um, the, if there's one thing I do religiously, TJ, it's trust Kentucky basketball and football coaches' injury reports. 
Yeah, everybody gets really worked up about the injury reports or, or, or lack thereof. But that's, that is a better answer saying hopeful that they're going to be back for the Tennessee game than if he said no chance. So, right. yes, you do have to take you know injury reports with that sort of stuff with a grain of salt. Um, and Roush kind of called both these last week. And he didn't seem big picture concerned really about either one. The only big picture concern he has is Jacquez Jones. So it still is kind of tracking with what Roush has been hinting at, which obviously we know he's getting some of his good old-fashioned intel from the, from the source itself, the football staff. So it's still checking out, and I think that's a, that's a good thing. Uh, he did get asked about Isaiah Cummings as well. Just says the offensive style is different. They've had to change some things up and tight ends haven't been as involved as they've hoped. But I doubt we'll see Cummings in a U.K. jersey after this year, unfortunately. I thought showed so much promise last year, switching positions and doing some nice things, but hasn't really been able to crack the rotation this year, Big Blue Drew. Yeah, he had that big drop, I feel like, early in the season. And then um, was it Ole Miss that he, they, like, randomly put him in? He had, like, a big rushing, like a 20-yard rush or something? Um, I was surprised to see that. So, yeah, I know, um, especially, you know, you got the, you know, Jordan Dingle and some other people. So, I, I don't know. I was I was surprised. I guess he wasn't a little bit more involved. But, um, you know, after the after that drop, he pretty much was kind of, you know, not even out there, I think. I think it was Ole Miss, though, that he, they handed him the ball for that rush. Gave him just a random a random play there. Yeah, a rushing play, too, I believe. it was It was very random. Uh, there's some other little tidbits from, from Mark Stoops, but we'll maybe get to those. Maybe we won't. The AP poll came out yesterday. Kentucky ranked number four. I'm Ooh. not trading UK's roster for anybody else's. So I don't think just because I have that opinion that they should be the bona fide number one team in the country. I do think four is a little low, Big Blue Drew, but you've got North Carolina, Gonzaga, Houston, Kentucky as your AP top four there to start the season. And then if you go by the, the votes and the point totals, a pretty big drop off to five. So it kind of seems like the voters think, hey, these four teams are the class of college basketball this season. And then after that, it, it's, a, it's a little bit more opened up. Uh, if you were wondering, UofL not ranked. Hmm. Didn't come in there? The next five out? Uh, no, no votes, actually. Not, not wow. a single one. Scoots, IU, they're ranked. 13, baby. Come on. Is that when's the is like 2013 the last time you've been ranked this high in the preseason? Uh this high, yeah. But I think the last time I don't think we've been ranked in the preseason since 2016, which is pretty wild. Man, that is wild. Yeah, that I'm pumped. Crazy. I saw that it yesterday. Crazy. I was stoked. Kansas rounds out the top five. Uh, if you're wondering, they are the the fifth team. Kentucky has what is it, Big Blue Drew? I tweeted it out yesterday. They they have eleven games, I think. Yeah. Against that graphic was really funny. The graphic you yeah. tweeted with like all those the top five, I guess, and then their their schedule against ranked opponents and just just seeing it from afar. And Kentucky's list is like double long. Yeah, it was a Dominic Hawkins tweet. Weirdly enough, way to go, Dominic Hawkins. Shout out to him. Yeah, but I don't know who made the graphic or if he made the graphic, but it's a list of UNC, Gonzaga, Houston, and Duke of the top of the ranked teams that they play. Not even the top ten teams, just ranked teams that they play. And uh, as Big Blue Drew mentioned, yeah, 
UNC has the second longest list, but Kentucky's is double that of Duke and Gonzaga. It's triple that of Houston, and uh, it's even double that of North Carolina or just near double that of North Carolina. So people can have their opinions on UK's schedule. People can have their preferences. That's life. You got opinions and you got preferences on anything and everything that you do. But it is objectively a hard schedule, and Kentucky mm-hmm. objectively plays – a tough schedule every single season. Now, can there be years that the home schedule, it doesn't work out to be as great as the neutral or the road schedule? Yep, that can happen sometimes. It's just Sometimes it can be kind of bad luck with that. But UK is always going to put together a pretty competitive schedule. This year, I think it's the most competitive in college basketball. Uh, and it, it, It's a good year to do it because I think legitimately Kentucky is one of the best teams in college basketball. One of the best teams playing one of the best schedules, you you would have thought it was a terrible team playing a terrible schedule with the way some folks whine about it. Again, you're entitled to your opinions, but if you think this isn't a tough schedule, you're just flat out wrong. Yeah, with the SEC getting better, and I think uh, you know the top four teams in the SEC was kind of loading up on transfers. Um, it's yet to be determined just how good they are, too. So, I mean, if Auburn, Alabama, um, Arkansas, if they're, if they're even better than – you know, their rankings are they're assuming Kentucky's schedule is even going to be that much harder to play some road games and stuff because um, I think what the SEC had four, four teams ranked maybe, four or five. So, yeah, Kentucky's – I've never had much issue with it. I know sometimes those Friday games in November can get to be a grind and kind of a slog, but my only, I guess, issue is more where the games are played or, I guess, understanding other people's issues with that. Um, but I always thought Calipari's played a loaded schedule. And I'm going to Gonzaga, so I'm pumped about that. Wow, that's awesome. Yep. You already got it all worked out? None. I look at a map every night. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll start here because I definitely want to do – I've always wanted to go to the Northwest. It's like burns me all the time. So it was just um, kind of fate that this worked out. So, no, please send me suggestions. Some days I'm like, oh, I'm starting here. I'm starting there. So um, are you gonna, very are you difficult gonna, place to get to. Are you going to fly? Uh, I'm going to fly p- proportions of it for sure, but I'm not going to, like, fly into Spokane. I'm going to do try to do, like, national park scenes, so maybe fly into, like – have a friend in San Francisco, maybe make the drive up Northern Cal, something like that. I'm, I'm mulling it over every day. Very interesting. I'd love to go to that trip. I'd love to go to the game there, but I always said if I'm ever going to go watch UK play at Gonzaga, it better be at the kennel or I'm yep. not going. Yeah, I probably cancel my trip now that you mention it. Yeah, you know, everybody's just been – it's been decades I've been dreaming of UK's first trip to the kennel. Uh, and thanks a lot to Calipari, I've got to wait a little bit longer now. Uh, no, I'll, I'll probably try to go to that Seattle game, um, the neutral one in Seattle. <laughs> this year, probably just not in the cards, given given the current landscape of my schedule. But I want to get up there, uh, whether for the one that's actually in the kennel or the Seattle one, but probably not going to work out this year. That's going to be sweet, though. Big Blue Drew will be in the house. Hopefully, anyway. I mean, it's it's a lot of logistics. And like I said, man, it's a difficult place to fly into. I, I feel like it's still like – Several, several, several hour drive from Seattle. Um, I hate flying too, so I'm definitely I'm gonna have to break up the flights a little bit. So lots of logistics to go over for that trip. But um, yeah, I think me and Jack Pilgrim are both gonna try to go. So we're we're pretty hype. Um, maybe meet up at a you know some some fun Northwest locations before or after the game. Thanksgiving yeah. week though, following week, TJ, it's gonna be tough to do anything after because I'm definitely not trying to be traveling. Um, you know, that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of Thanksgiving, mm. which will be a battle for a lot of UK fans going out there. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. 
Well, that'll be fun. We'll, we'll, we'll talk probably, I'm sure, more about that because this won't be the last time you're going to hear Big Blue Drew on Kentucky Roll Call. Heck no. Let's keep going on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Justin having to discuss the UK-Mississippi State game after not watching it is hilarious. <laughs> yep, that, that was bad. Hey, but hand, so even even funnier story about it. I had it on on Sunday, uh, the replay, but I was like just softly watching it because I didn't know that Roush was for sure out this week. If I had known he was for sure out, I would have rewatched it. So my oh, bad. My bad. Yeah, always excuses with you, Scoots. <laughs> What I do best. Excuse skiz. <laughs> yeah, of course I was I did I did go back and rewatch it on Sunday, but I the initial watch, I'm at a wedding. The initial watch, Scoots doesn't watch at all. Makes for a great Monday recap show. <laughs> a texter says, gonna require 37 plus minutes of possession and a plus two turnover margin to have a shot at beating Tennessee. Uh, probably. I mean, probably, of course, you're just pulling numbers and stuff out of your butt. But, I mean, yeah, it's going to probably be something similar to that for UK to to pull off the upset. But I think we all can agree we like the spot UK is going to be in. Coming off a of bye, which Stoops historically hasn't always been great off a of bye, especially as of more recently. Um, but UK desperately needed to get healthy. So you take the bye, especially given that Tennessee has not had its, I don't know if Tennessee's had its bye or not actually come to think of it, but regardless, they had a tough game against Alabama. They have a game this weekend, although not a tough one. Then they have the cats, which that's going to be a physical game, if nothing else. And then they're going to be thinking about the Bulldogs, certainly because yep. they be Georgia after they play Kentucky. So it's a good spot, but you're going to have to control the clock. You're going to have to come away with seven, not three. And you're going to need that aggressive play calling that you saw against Mississippi State. You're also going to need that down in Knoxville, and you're going to need to have some success doing it as well. But I don't think it's impossible, Big Blue Drew. I think Kentucky can make that game competitive. Hey, I tell you what, man, I'm I'm feeling more and more confident thinking about Brad White having 14 days to prepare for what they're going to do because, again, walking out of that place, seeing the second half of the South Carolina game, there's little to nothing you could have done to convince me that they were just going to clamp up MSU like they did. And I mean, they had, that was one of the hottest offenses in the country, so efficient and just locked up by Brad White's defense. So who knows, man? Give him two weeks. You know they showed everything they got against Alabama. Um, I'm feeling better, man. By by Thursday or so of uh, the next week, you're going to have me talked into it. Uh, yeah, it's. I think it should be a close game. Like, I, I, you know, again, I think Tennessee's probably better and rightfully so obviously should be favorite. But uh, it's not one that I'm, I'm waving the white flag and going into it. Yeah, real quick, just lastly, I've looked at it like this, TJ. If I, if you were a Tennessee fan, I have to assume Kentucky's literally one of the last teams in the country you'd probably want coming to your house um, to play because, it, you know, all these national championship runs or runs of the playoff, you know, they typically drop a game. So to me, this one just has, um, you know, with them, obviously going to be looking ahead to playing Georgia. Um, I'm liking the setup of it. I am too. Uh, it's crazy that Hendon Hooker is a 24-year-old quarterback. <laughs> Isn't that wild? He plays like it. I mean, he's just – he's like a year younger than Daniel Jones. He's a year younger, I think, than Lamar Jackson. It's just kind of crazy when you hear about it. A texter says, Roush is naming his children like it's 1952. <laughs> it's a great text. <laughs> uh, so, he'll have a little Duke and Frankie. Frankie and Duke Roush running around the south end. Everybody keep an eye out. A texter says, you can't spell Archduke Ferdinand without Duke and Frank. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, that's a good point. A texture says Denver Broncos plus four was 
Too many points tonight. Like you said, TJ, I'll take that cheese. Thank you very much, Mr. Bookie. Some people winning money here on Kentucky Roll Call. Thanks to our picks. Uh, just don't listen to our Friday football segment as of late. <laughs> just means we're due, Scoots. Yep, for sure. Gonzaga game is away per Ken Palm. Not semi-away, away. A road game at a other team's home. Well, how about that? Road game. This next text makes me think of it, but yeah, Trevor just whines so much about UK schedule, it never ends. <laughs> never ends. For, the, for, for a fan of a team that was too scared to play DePaul this year, he, he wants everybody to know that UK's game at Gonzaga is not a road game. It's a neutral site game, according to Trevor. Uh, this texter says, Trevor makes up a fictional UK fan. You can ask UK about checkerboards. They are all either neutral or hate them. Nobody defends the checkerboards. The secretary crap came from Barnhart, and the fan base immediately rejected the rationale. That's from Mook. I guess that was for the Mike Rutherford show, not for us. But I saw the Mook. I figured it was for us. Uh, yeah, I, Trevor just makes up things and then just presents them as factual. Or he'll have like one. He'll he have heard one person say something and then just lump in the entire fan base into said opinion. So I'm sure it was probably a situation like that yesterday, if I had to guess. But I was not listening at that point. A texter says uh, on the Thornton's text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. All right, since Drew is a neutral party here, this is a long text, mm -hmm. and Nick is gone. It's the perfect time to ask this question. Drew, does it anger you as much as it does when the KSR crew openly bashes Calipari and the whole basketball program on a daily basis at every opportunity? I won't list all the examples because there's a new two to three every day, but surely he, is, Big Blue Drew isn't actually baffled as to why Calipari won't – oh, not Big Blue Drew. Uh, Matt isn't baffled as to why the Calipari won't go back onto his show – like, I wouldn't either if I was Cal, and I'd ask my players and staff to not do it either. That show pumps football so much right now and has played a huge role in the whole football school versus basketball school. But Matt said himself to me on Twitter that it's all a lie and that he bashes Cal or basketball. It's either his new shtick or he's completely delusional. What do you think? Whew, a lot to unpack there. Um, I'll say I guess I'm shielded from it. I'm not a daily listener of KSR. I don't have enough time for that, so I don't. Um, you know, it doesn't get brought up in forefront of my mind every day, but I know they have whatever going on between them and basketball. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of determines their coverage a little bit, but I don't know. Don't really have much of an opinion. I do hear people saying that, and, um, I guess the dynamic has changed a little over there. I mean, it's, it's, it, it they obviously aren't just seeing eye to eye right now. Um, and that you, like, but Texter, you know it, so you can listen with not necessarily a grain of salt, it's not the right word, but you can listen knowing that, that, hey, they, it's a little bit of some biased talk going on because of relationships. Mm -hmm. if, yeah, you know, if, you, if you know that, then when you listen, it, it you know, kind of diffuses the situation a little bit. Fair, yep, I agree. My only concern is, though, that if you're going to let personal relationships dictate your coverage, what 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 happens when Kentucky football has a bad season? Are you going to be able to quote unquote call it like you see it? Or are you not going to want to step on toes to potentially jeopardize other relationships? Yep, uh, it's a slippery slope. I mean, you know, you want you want Vince coming on the show and doing things like that because he's so awesome. And I don't know. I'm glad I don't have to be the one uh, cultivating those relationships while also you know keeping uh, my media outlet 
very consistent. It's a definitely, a, it's a tough thing. And it is hard. You like it, you know, it, people that give you information and, and all that sort of stuff, like you want to be nice to, um, and you want to, it, you, you don't want to bite the hand that feeds you to some degree. Um, but you still also need to kind of call it like you see it. And it can also go from the other side. It wouldn't, if somebody's kind of, if you, if you view them as a jerk to you, it may be hard to say nice things about them, but in the sports world, I, at least I want to listen to people that I feel like don't have preconceived biases or behind the scene things that are dictating narratives. Um, but that's not the show that we do the show that we do. So that's, I guess, just control what you can control situation. A texter says, Big Blue Drew, what is the one thing you miss most about high school? The girls. Next question. Come on. No girls at St. Xavier. Big Blue Drew, does how does the daughter, like Mercy, will she be getting any varsity minutes this year? Oh, good oh, question. Oh, my gosh. Great question. Um, so, first, I'll say it's our first family's first introduction into the world of private school. And, man, we've just had – it's just been amazing, like – Every day, it's like, I feel like I'm going to private school. I'm like, what'd you eat? Did you even have to lock your locker today? Like, how was it going? Like, at the parent meeting, they had gluten-free pizza. Like, there's just all these things every time. And we're just enjoying it. We love it. Mercy's been an awesome place. Um, As far as varsity minutes go, man, uh, actually, it's funny. They mentioned that today where they're having all the tryouts, TJ. And you know how it works at these, uh, these powerhouse private schools. There's a lot of competition. So, we're running our race. I hope that she makes the varsity team this year, gets some experience um, because they should be really, really good. And um, But, yeah, we're doing great. I appreciate the text they're asking. All right, Big Blue. Right, big blue. We're going to cross over to another chat so it doesn't cut off on, cut, cut off on us. Oh, did we lose TJ, done. Justin? Uh, so you'll see that link uh, there, No, we're going to a new meet because we're running out of time. Over. So check the uh, uh, text. Hopefully, okay, Scoots, okay, you can okay. hear me over here and everything's good because you're not in this chat yet, but I'm just going to keep on going as if everything is good. Good to hear about Mercy. Uh, that's that's mm-hmm. exciting. Uh, did I did I hear the follow-up on if – so you can confirm playing time from a varsity mm-hmm. standpoint? No, absolutely not confirming that. I would, I would venture to say that's going to be a big, long shot which um, we're okay with. That's why we went there. Iron sharpens iron, baby. We're trying to play at Rupp Arena, win the sixth region, um, which is the plan, and uh, we want to win. Our goal is to win, so that's the plan. That's what it's all about, winning. Winning, a lot more fun than losing. Yep. Uh, Texter says, I was first in line for Midnight Madness in 1993, 80 and a half hours. It was such a great time meeting all the cats, the coaching staff. I actually got to play one-on-one with Mark Pope on the Memorial Coliseum floor. That's from Terry Willis. That's awesome, Terry. And that's also a great, great story. Name. Yeah, that's a great story. And I think a lot of people, nope, probably not a lot of people have that cool of a Big Blue Madness story. That one's awesome, Terry. But um, I do think that there's a big group of Kentucky fans that kind of live in that same mid-90s Big Blue Madness feel. And honestly, I think the best word to use, TJ, is they get offended at um, this type of Big Blue Madness that we have here now in the 2022s. Yeah, yeah. It's different time, but that, I bet that was a really cool memory, Terry. A texter says, of course the greatest rock band in the world returns to Louisville to play the Yum Center on October 29th. My morning jacket takes the stage at 7.30. Meanwhile, UK and Tennessee kicks off at 7. Do I skip the concert, DVR the game, hack the Yum Center Jumbotron, and stream the game off my phone? I, I would just watch the game on your phone at the concert, and that would probably be my – I wouldn't skip the concert you had to have a good idea that UK was probably going to have a game there. Uh, we had to move the Halloween party from that Saturday night just because 
too much going on. You get that concert downtown. I think U of L plays a game in town, although it probably won't end up being a night game. And now UK is playing at night. So we had to move it. Um, I would go to the concert, watch on your phone. By the time my morning jacket takes the stage, actually gets out there and starts, you know, it could be halftime or even later. So you could maybe even watch the first half somewhat comfortably from your phone. If uh, Again, I don't know your setup. You're going to be with a big group. Are you going to have to be social? Are you going to be able to kind of watch a little bit on your own? Um, But that's that's a tough dilemma. But I'd go to the concert, watch on your phone. Any advice from the peanut guy? Um, I would say once Kentucky gets up 21-0, just turn your phone off and enjoy the music. There you go. There you go. A texter says, uh, John here. Hey, good morning, John. Good morning to all, he says. Awesome to hear Big Blue Drew. Always fun time, and congrats Ooh. to the Roush family. Okay, NFL question. Where would be the best fit for Odell Beckham Jr., who's looking to be back playing by mid-November? Would it be back with the Rams or maybe go with the Packers or Chiefs or others? Well, what do you think? I hope he ends up in Kansas City. We'll got to go talk to you later. I would love Green Bay. Green Bay certainly could use as many bodies at the wide receiver position as possible, especially with our guy Randall Cobb going down with an injury. Uh, I'd love it, but again, you'll have to also see how he comes back. If he is he going to be a hundred percent? Is he going to be ready to rock and roll? Um, you just never really truly know. But I'd like to see him in Green Bay. Send him to the Lions. They're a bunch of bums, and he is too, so he'll fit right in. Wow, shots fired at Odell Beckham Jr. He's not going to be able to recover from that burn scoot. Hey, I have a lot of family listening in Detroit right now, and I will defend them. <laughs> hey, they have a fun little offense this year. They did until the last zero-point outing. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that's, a good, that's, a good, that's not fun. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, how many points do we need to hold Tennessee to in order to pull off the massive W in Knoxville? Probably and- like 30. See, that was the, this was the same question as last week, though, TJ. I bet if you would have been asked that about Mississippi State, it would have been that same number, and um, they didn't need near that many points. So part of me wants to say, yeah, like 30, 35, based off what we've seen, but I'm putting all the faith in Brad White and that J.J. Weaver-led defense, and I'm going to say um, I don't think it's that many. I'll say like, like 24 points. That'd be crazy. I hope you're right, Big Blue Drew. I mean, I think that's the path to win. I don't think Kentucky's going to go win that shootout like that. I think they're going to have to uh, – throttle that offense like they did with Mississippi State and then uh, ground and pound, baby. Yeah. Yeah. It, the, I think, I, yeah. It's <laughs> What's tough. the difference? What's the difference in them needing to score the points against Mississippi State and, and Tennessee? I feel like it was very uh, – well, Mississippi, than, Mississippi State didn't hang 52 points on Alabama. Right. Other than fair. I, I think so much of this, too, I know we don't have a ton of time, is like – Based off who's Kentucky played and who their teams have played, like I think a lot's still yet to be determined about who's really good. Also, that sucks for Mississippi State. You're having a pretty good season. You you just the offense goes missing. You have no answer for Chris Rodriguez and Lexington. And then what do you get? You get Alabama coming off a loss where they have 32 <laughs> points hung on them. Uh, that ain't going to be a fun one for Mississippi nope. State this weekend. Those Joe Kraft Stoops text during the Cal basketball school week quote are going to be interesting. <laughs> That's Excellent. what I mean. I could see something like, you know, more personal coming out as opposed to like get you in legal trouble. But just any type of little jab or any passive aggressiveness along those lines from from Mark Stoops, if that's made public, will be huge news. 
Yeah, and that's actually, you know, that actually is, that actually could be semi interesting. <laughs> there actually is going to be anything there. Now that, that would, again, maybe, but that would, there'd have to be something there for us to see that. Maybe there is. Maybe I there don't, is. I'm not, can they do their personal devices though? You would think no, any they can't do personal, personal device, right? And that's what that next text says. Matt on KSR said yesterday they only have access to his UK phone, not his personal. Ah, okay. That's correct. Like, yes, you don't get, just because you're a public employee doesn't mean, that they're allowed to come into your house and go through all your personal things. But you have a work phone that is subject to FOIA. They are well aware of that. So again, you just hope that everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. You have a work computer, um, you have a work email, all those are subject to FOIA, but your personal email is not. Um, now then it kind of starts to get messy into like, why are you using your personal email during work hours or uh, at the work facilities and stuff like that? So it can get a little gray and messy, but yes, they, they can't just go through all their personal things. They can only, only go through their official university of Kentucky work things. So again, you just hope everybody's just being smart about what they're sending on that stuff and you don't have an issue here, but I guess that's what we'll get to the bottom of. Will be cool if Stoops ends every text with "We're just getting started, bro." I love that one. Ha, a texter sent in a picture of Duke mayonnaise, which is disgusting. We don't need to see that. And Frank's red hot. Frank's red hot's good. We like that. But Frank's mayonnaise and Duke. can go ahead. Oh, hey, that's come me. on, TJ. Jeez, it's, it's Tuesday morning. The kid hasn't even been around for twenty-four <laughs> hours yet. Give me a freaking break. And you hardly see the Frank's thing on that picture. It just says red hot. Um, but that's cute. Uh, that Everybody cute. our age is going to call his son Frank the Tank, and he's going to have no idea what we're talking about like his whole life. You're going to have to show him old school. Uh, yeah, everybody should just greet them with Duke's Mayo and Frank's Red Hot as a, like a baby gift. And they're going to be like, well, we actually just kind of wanted some diapers and some wipes. But, <laughs> if uh, Nick covers the game in Knoxville, they might just throw some of that stuff at him. That's true. You never really know down there. Uh, a texter, we got to really hurry through these. Hashtag Greasy Cheeseburger Gate. Uh, yeah, just got to use code words. Um, <laughs> is that the song one? Louisville Live, more like Louisville tape delayed. It's not on TV. Oh my gosh. Oh my, it's 2022. Louisville basketball schedule notes that Louisville Live will be on ACC Network Plus. ACC Network Plus. Okay. Way to go. You did it, U of L. I guess we'll okay. just have to buy a ticket and go. Oh, my goodness gracious. Giveaways would be cool, but UK would figure out how to mess it up. Remember, they had the hat giveaway fiasco. They did a hat giveaway? Listen, my only contribution was to say give stuff away. I'm not working out how or providing the money or anything. Just I just thought it was a great <laughs> idea to give everyone a bunch of stuff. Uh, they did the hard hat thing, and they only gave it away to the lower-level folks, though, so I didn't get one. Uh, Kirby says, wait, was that the exit music from a Goofy movie? If so, that's Slap Scoots. You Woo! can thank Blue Drew for that. Yes. Music's all him today. Big Blue Drew, a big Goofy movie guy. Big Goofy movie guy. And I got I got some more um, Disney movie bangers that I'll be bringing throughout the week, hopefully, if if you guys are nice enough to let me choose some more music. Oh, yeah, we'd love to have you back. Right now, I think we're planning on Thursday, but uh, – but, but stay tuned. You never know who you may hear on Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Big Blue Drew is a lot of fun, buddy. Tons of fun. I appreciate you all. Thank you. The KRC Army is strong. Um, I, I love it whenever someone says they listen to KRC if I see him or something. So favorite thing I do, KRC fam for life. Well, we really appreciate all your time you give us. The people love listening to Big Blue Drew. And make sure you're following him on Twitter at BigBlueDrew33. You're listening to the Kentucky Dad Podcast, and you're reading all the good stuff on Sia Blue. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. DJ Walk from Big Blue Drew, Justin Kidd. Roll Call. See you on Wednesday. A little longer. Today.
Notice me.